This is Bigger Questions with your host, Robert Martin. Welcome to Bigger Questions. Today's big question, how can we sing when it hurts? Now, we usually record Bigger Questions before a live audience, but we weren't able to get our guest before a live audience today. My guest today is Dami Im. Dami is a singer-songwriter who won the fifth season of The X Factor Australia in 2013. She represented Australia at the 2016 Eurovision Song Contest, where she came second overall. She's released numerous chart-topping albums and top 20 hits, and she joins me now, Dami. Hi. Welcome to Bigger Questions. <laughs> Thank you for it's having so me. so great to have you. Normally, we welcome you with a rapturous applause from our audience. <laughs> That sounds pretty okay, that's rapturous. Just me. Yeah, that's excellent. So, Nadami, you sung at grand finals, Eurovision, and on national television. So, do you get nervous before a performance? I, I do. I do. Some more than others. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is there some that particularly make you nervous? Um, I was really nervous when I did Eurovision, I have to be Pro- honest. Probably understandable. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, that one I was so nervous about because I, I wanted to. You know, I wanted to kill it. Yeah. You know? Well, you, <laughs> um, you did. You, you nailed it. Were you, sorry, were you happy with your Eurovision performance? I was very happy. Yeah. yeah. I really, I really gave it my best. And, you know, like when you go into it, you just, you don't know whether you're going to come 10th or 40th. Yeah. And I came second and I was just like, you know, it was, the whole thing was incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Eurovision has been described as a singing competition on steroids where nothing <laughs> is too over the top. Uh, and Sam Pang once said, nothing says Eurovision like a man playing a piano on fire. <laughs> um, now, it's the world's most watched non-sporting event. So how did you feel when you were chosen as Australia's entrant for the competition? Uh, I, I couldn't believe it because, uh, you know, I've watched it since I was young and I, I always thought, wow, that's so strange, that show. And, and then <laughs> to be... on fire and things. Yeah, yeah, and people dressed in sequins and, you know, grandmas cooking and singing, you know, like, yeah, and then to find out that I was in it and competing, it was like, oh, my gosh, this is incredible. Yeah. So did it feel like being a dream in some sense when you were there? Yeah, I mean, like, I never dreamed that I'd be on it because I didn't know that was possible, like, Australia being part of No, that's of right, because we're not actually in Europe. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so it was like, it was like, you know, more than a dream. I'm like, what? You know, it's like, oh, going to another dimension or yeah. something. So that, that's what it was like? It was like something, I was on a singing competition on steroids, so to speak. Everything was just bigger and grander? Yeah, everything, yeah. And, you know... For some countries, Eurovision, they've had it for years and years and the whole culture and the whole, like, the fandom is so huge and deep. Mm. Like, for some countries, they say it's like their religion. Like, it's that, you know, they just live and breathe Eurovision. So just being part of that was a bit like, whoa, this is crazy. It was was a bit confronting in some sense. Yeah. Yeah. But it was an enjoyable experience for you? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, So what's it like then, singing before large cheering audiences? Um. It's it's exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it always helps when there's a really great, responsive live audience. Yeah. You know, you just get in the moment and you just, you know, soak up the, the energy and the atmosphere. And, yeah, it's, it's just exciting. But then when it's – it's more like when, when you're just focused on the TV audience that you don't really – here you right, know, you just yeah. you imagine that you don't connect with them in the same way no no so you just look at the the camera lens and you try and do the same thing 
that's more nerve-wracking, mm. I think. So how was it when you started with The X Factor? Because that was your first first sort of public singing kind of competition experience where you were singing for a national audience, so to speak, and then the crowds were just going crazy for you. How, how did you feel then? Um, it was all very new to me because I'd never, you know, just being on TV was, it was my first time and to be in the Australian mainstream culture, that was all very new to me because I come back, I come from a Korean immigrant background yes. where, I, you know, my world was very small and then here I was on this television show that everybody was watching and it was just new and a little bit scary as yeah, well. Yeah, and everything changed, I suppose, for you as well in that, in that competition. Yeah, I mean... I, yeah, it, it went really well for me. And so <laughs> <laughs> went pretty well, yes, yeah. So it's opened up like all these opportunities and it wasn't what I expected and it, it was mm. amazing. So when did you realise then that you could sing? So I was about 13 when I first decided to record myself singing right. at home. Yeah. And I was listening to a lot of K-pop then. All right, yeah. Um, and I thought, all right, I'm going to try and record it myself because I, I thought, yeah, you know, how hard could it be? So I recorded, I, I remember recording on my computer on this software and listening back to it and going, ooh, not not so good. <laughs> you weren't. You didn't think you'd make it as a K-pop star. No, it was terrible. So what was so bad about it? Was it out of tune or just it no, was the wrong I was style? in tune. I, I because I've been playing piano for so long. Like I, I knew that you know, to be in tune, but it just didn't sound great. So I got really obsessed with that. I was, it was a shock to me, but I wanted to be good at it. So I, I would just sing every day for hours and hours in my room for years. Really? And yeah, and and then. By the time I got to my, you know, late teen years and, you know, when I was like 20, I knew I could sing. I started to sing more in public and in church and mm. things like that. Yeah. So you sang for hours and hours in your bedroom. What, what sort of things did you sing? Um, I sang a lot of K-pop. Yeah. That's, yeah, you know, like Boa. I was really into Boa. Um, if you're a K-pop fan, you would know <laughs> okay. who she is. Um, I know a couple of K-pop bands, but that's, uh, yeah. But yeah. I'm, not, I'm not an expert, so to speak. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then I'd listen to, like, Mariah Carey and, um, yeah, like, Spice Girls would be at the time. I don't think I recorded the Spice Girls, but... Because it was a Mar Mariah Carey song that you sang at your X Factor yeah, yeah, audition, yeah, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. That was, uh, so that was reliving your bedroom days, I suppose, was it, in some ways? Yeah, and, you know, when I went on the show, I wanted to sing the hardest song that I knew and, yeah, like, Mariah Carey songs are really particularly difficult to sing. Yes. So many, like you know, runs and high notes. And she has and an incredible range as well. Yeah, it's so hard to sing. So I thought, yeah, you have, we've got to show off everything you can. <laughs> so then what made you want to enter the X Factor? So um, by that time, I had decided that I was going to be a singer for life. Like I, I wanted that to be my main thing. Mm. Um, I finished my degree on piano. Yeah. And then I thought, okay, now I can do what I really want to do. Mm. And so I picked singing. So I finished a degree in uh, at the at the con. I did a master's in contemporary voice. Yep. And then I thought, okay, now how do I become a singer? Like mm. how do I gig and do stuff? Yeah. You didn't want to be a K-pop star? 
Um, I, I did some things in Korea as well, but not as a K-pop. I did like gospel music. I did yep. CCM Christian, so like singing at youth camps and you know little church, you know, special like singing, like singing, you know, yeah. we, during the service and things like that. And I recorded my own album, like a Christian album, mm-hmm. but it was just really difficult because most of it was in Korea and I was still living in Australia. So it was mm. like, I, I couldn't sustain it. And yeah. I didn't really have a career in Australia, even yeah. though this was home. So I thought like, I've got to do something. Yeah. And X Factor sort of came up and I thought, all right, well, I'm going to give it a go. Yeah. And it was a big decision for you. Um, now they, it's promised that singing competitions like the X Factor can change your life. So has your life changed much since the competition? Yeah, sure did. Yeah, it really did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it really got me to be able to do, you know, music as a, you know, living. And, yeah. and I got to record albums, like tour, um, work with a major uh, label and travel everywhere. Like it's yeah, it's it's been it's been good. So now you're living what you were aiming to do, I suppose, be a singer. So you've yeah, yeah, it. that's yeah. what I wanted to do. So you know, <laughs> yeah, and it brings you satisfaction and joy. Yeah, sometimes, <laughs> most <laughs> sometimes, times. Yes. Sometimes, yes. Why do you say sometimes? No, Is most there, are there challenges in the in the industry. I guess with every industry, you know, you you can't just it's not always easy and like rosy mm. all the time from the outside there's sparkles glitter lights glamour and pianos on fire at times um but that's not how it is on the inside necessarily well yeah i mean that you know it's a very competitive industry so yeah. you've got to be always pushing and working really hard to make things happen um just navigating through the industry, like working with different people, how it works with the label, how it works with, you know, television, like it's all, it was all very new to me. So yeah. I think it took me a few years to, to understand like what I wanted to do in this industry and what kind of music I wanted to make, mm. who I was as an artist, who I am as a person, all of that. And I think it's only more recently that I'm like, I feel like I, I, I really know what I want to do. I want to write my own songs. I want to tell my stories and, you know, like have a strong vision for where I'm heading. Whereas before then I was sort of like, oh, what's, you know, what's going to happen? Kind of go with the flow yeah. a little bit. So you're trying to find your place, so to speak, and you've had a few years to do that, but now you've sort of worked out, this is my niche. This is where I'm going to go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because exactly. well, legendary singer-songwriter Van Morrison once said, music is spiritual. The music industry is not. Um, so does that give a bit of an insight, perhaps, into the challenges of life in the music industry? Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, I don't know. I don't know about that. Music is spiritual and industry is not. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it's like I think to do what, you, what you're really passionate about, you've got to sacrifice a lot for that as well. And mm-hmm. that's just comes with it the, the stress and the you know mm. the pressure and you just got to learn how to overcome that and still be able to enjoy the process yeah. without getting caught up in all the the tension and the stress mm. so can it be hard to enjoy things when you've made big sacrifices depends what the sacrifice is but mm-hmm. i mean yeah sure i mean you, i think for me what's important is doing something every day 
like knowing that you're going in the direction that you would like to head rather than just being aimless, you know, every day you're moving forward towards Mm. the kind of person you want to be, the kind of, yeah, direction that you'd like to head, I think. And that's that's all we can do, right? Mm. Yeah. Now, commentators, critics and the general public can be very critical of those in the public life. So is receiving criticism hurtful? I guess, yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's hurtful for everybody, right? Yeah. Is it? different being more in the public light to to receive criticism yeah i mean no one likes receiving criticism and i think when you're in the public eye you just have to expect there's going to be criticism Mm -hmm. you know no matter what you do you can't really make everybody happy or like you so Mm. i guess part of the skill is to try and not pay attention to every kind of criticism that comes your way yeah and focus on what you actually would like to achieve yeah yeah so is it easy for your self-worth to be tied up with where you are on the charts? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've spoken about this before in my shows, but it's like sometimes you get caught up with the chart position, with whatever result that you get. you just got to focus on the bigger picture, I guess. The bigger picture, yeah. yeah. So what's the bigger picture for you then? For me... Well, I don't know. It's It changes all the time. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm always trying to figure out and grow. For me, I always say like working with Compassion, yep. Compassion Australia, yep. uh, is one of the things that does help me stay grounded and feel like I'm, I'm doing something, at least something that is helpful for someone, helping children that are in need mm-hmm. with like, because sometimes you do stuff you're working hard working hard and you feel like oh, is this even doing anything is this making any difference to the world yeah but then at least i know that the work i do with compassion it's very much tied with helping children literally who are living in poverty and it's done in jesus name like i really do believe in the work that compassion does really helps people mm. and changes families lives and that's something that I have been able to do a lot of uh, during my career. And yeah. I, when I look back at that and looking at the children there, like that's one of the things where I feel like, yeah, this wasn't, it's not meaningless. Yeah. Right. There's, there's some purpose and meaning to that. Yeah. yeah. So is it important for you that it's in Jesus' name, the work of compassion? Well, I love it because I feel like people don't like to be preached at, you know. Yes. No one wants... No one wants to be appreciated. No. Like, so you don't do that in your in your shows. No one, yeah, no <laughs> one's gonna like push. Like, you gotta believe this, and you yeah. gotta do that, and you're wrong, and you, no one wants to hear that. But compassion is really doing what Jesus wants you to do in action, like putting it in action, helping people in need, helping the community through churches around the world, and yeah. it's really powerful when I actually went and saw the work they did and with their slogan they're not shy about it that they do it in Jesus name but then they're also speaking much louder with their actions Mm. not just their slogans no now you are a Christian believer as we've just discussed and this is a key part of your story so but why is that can you tell us your story what convinced you that the Christian message was something worth following and believing well for me I grew up in the church my mom always took me to church when I was since I was young mm-hmm. and when I first came to Australia we went to a Korean church and it was just it helped us to adjust in a new country right so that was actually helpful in the adjustment process as you yeah ch- change countries. you know just just there's a community yes around us um but I think 
I only started to think about the faith more seriously kind of as I got older, like Mm -hmm. university age and started to question. And then during uni, it was all about serving the church and doing lots of things, being the leader and song leader and doing everything like that. And yeah, I was really into it, like very involved. And then what happened was I, I think I got a bit burnt out by that. Right, yeah. Just being like, you, uh, like sometimes you do things out of guilt rather than the joy or the grace yeah. of it and you just go, what, you know, you, you just feel guilty for not doing stuff. But then mm-hmm. after X Factor, I wasn't able to be like that anymore, like on that scale. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's when I started to question like what does this actually mean? Like does my faith still is this is it still okay like what does it actually mean to be a christian mm. and you know does it mean that i i have to be a full-time worker at church or yeah. can i still be outside and be doing things as a christian you yeah. know believer and i mean i'm always thinking about how to be like what it means to be a christian and you yeah. know but i guess one thing i really learned was that it's god's grace that that is really amazing, not all the work that I have to do and, you know, (laughs) showing off that I'm, you know, I go to all these services because, yeah, like there used to be a service at church every day and we were very much encouraged to attend every, very much like, you know, there was so much pressure to, you know, be there all the time. But I have this burning question like, but what about, like, didn't Jesus call us to go outside? the church so if we're all here who's going outside that that was my question that was a big issue for you yeah Yeah. and then with x factor it it sort of pushed me outside and i was like what what do i do i Mm. don't know what to do outside like do i just keep saying jesus what do i do but yeah like now with my church they're very supportive of what i do and and i love that there's a community that i connect with on a regular basis that pray for me and support the work I do but also you know I I, I can just be honest Mm. to them about my questions and things Mm. I have about Christianity and how it actually fits into this picture yeah they keep you grounded in some sense definitely yeah yeah you mentioned before about grace being sort of amazing or your understanding of grace became amazing so why was it so amazing to you what was the thing about grace that made it so good well, I guess every other religion in the world, there's great religions everywhere, but it's always about what you do and how you achieve a good life and mm. how you become the good person through whatever you do. But with Christianity, the biggest difference is that oh, it's it's not what I do, it's what Jesus did mm. and giving your life to Jesus and trusting him, that's grace, right? Just trusting and and when you actually grasp that it's like it's pretty overwhelming like so he's done everything for you you don't have to you don't have to do and and it's it's I think that's really amazing but also a challenge because sometimes I think we treat it like it's so cheap as well right yeah but when I think about it it's still amazing that he God would still accept yeah you know so people it's like liberating me. for you then definitely Definitely. It's, you know, when I'm really fully immersed in that grace, it's it's incredible that 
like somebody would love me like that. Mm. Mm. So does your faith help you then with your self-doubt or with seeing yourself as your chart position? With my faith, it's, you know, really about seeing what's really important in life. Yeah. And it's not what I actually do with my life, how much success I have. At the end of the day, it's about my relationship with God and knowing that he's in control and and always trusting that he's got my best interest and he's got a great plan for my life Mm -hmm. rather than, oh, you know, if I don't get this, if I don't do this, I'm going to be a failure. So, Mm -hmm. and it's really easy to forget, like, let's be honest. Sometimes I just get so caught up. Success is a good thing. There's nothing wrong with success. But it's, yeah, it's, it can be very like blinding and Mm -hmm. you just get so caught up in it. But yeah, when I step back and go, actually, you know what, like God knows what's best for me. And if I, you know, if something happens and things don't go to plan, which always, no, nothing ever goes to plan anyway. <laughs> you wanted to win Eurovision, I suppose. <laughs> oh. <Coming> second. <laughs> that, no, that I disagree. I was happy with that. Okay. Um, <laughs> always, you just, you have to step back and go, actually, you know, I'll still praise God because he, he really, he's the one that truly loves me, mm. not in a superficial way that I want him to, but in a deeper way. Mm. Now, Dami, you've released a song, Crying Underwater. It seems quite personal and a more meaningful song uh, than many other popular songs. And you mentioned before about, you know, now you've found your sort of niche, so to speak, where you're trying to write with your songs. So why did you write the song? So Crying Underwater um, is, you know, when you're crying underwater, essentially no one can see whether you're crying or not. Mm. And um, I was talking to my friend, Michael, and we were saying how, you know, there's so many people around us that are feeling sad and feeling depressed, but they are unable to talk to anybody about it and they feel this pressure to pretend that they're fine and they're happy. Mm. And I think with, like, Instagram and social media, everyone just posts how happy they are, hashtag blessed and... So you feel like you're the only one going through that yeah. sadness. And I, I felt that myself as well. So I, I started writing this song. I just wanted to talk about that in my song. Yeah, yeah. Now, music is often so uplifting and there's many happy songs. So is it hard to sing about hurt and suffering? I guess it can be, you know, scary. That's the scariest part, being vulnerable with my song, songwriting, you know, talking about how I actually feel you know, which isn't always like, you, great, you know, no. and just opening about it. And it's scary, but I think it's it's important to do that as well. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Now, many of the themes of your song, Crying Underwater, are also found in the Bible. For example, in Psalm 69, verses 2 to 4, the psalmist writes, I sink in the miry depths where there is no foothold. I have come into the deep waters. The floods engulf me. I am worn out calling for help. My throat is parched. So it seems as though the idea of crying underwater is familiar with the, the psalmist here. Now, I've come mm. into the deep waters, the floods engulf me. So does it surprise you that the Bible has these profound emotions recorded in it? Yeah, I mean, that's pretty cool. That's, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, is it amazing that the Bible records these yeah, emotions? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's even the Bible isn't always like, yeah, everything's fine, it's going great because God is here. Like they, they go through these struggles and it's, you know, I think it's 
human to go through different emotions and the hardships and sometimes, you know, deep despair and doubt. And I think it's encouraging that the Bible talks about that and, and is quite honest about it mm. rather than trying to sugarcoat it. Yeah, there's a real honesty of life there. Yeah. Now, the Psalms were sung and probably would have been sung. So how do you think the psalmist would have been singing about floods engulfing him? Um, like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds maybe, maybe maybe this is a new song perhaps for you. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so so you're a, you're a Christian believer. So how does God help you when you feel like you're crying underwater? For me, I don't know. I think I I used to struggle with feeling like I shouldn't be sad all the time because yeah, ever since I was young, I I used to go through these ups and downs where I just I go down and it just feels horrible it just feels sad but then I felt guilty that I was sad you Mm. know like I've got nothing to be sad about why am I like is this because I don't trust God or what's going on but but then I think knowing that God was with me even through those emotions and he understands me rather than judging me for feeling down um for me that that has been helpful Mm. and yeah just like just waiting for it it to be better rather than just fighting against it. I think that for me was helpful when I was feeling very depressed and, you know, whether you're a Christian or not, you, you will go through sadness. Some people will, you know, you'll face Mm. depression. And I think it's important to understand that God is with, with you, with us in that as well. He's not going to judge you for feeling that way, but, I guess just like your Psalms reference, like it's important that you be honest with God and mm. and just stay with Him even in those place when you're in those places. And maybe you know God will help you understand other people better who are going through similar things. Mm. That's how I feel about my mm. myself. Because well, there's another verse in the Bible in the Psalms as well, which has really helped you in the past. So Psalm twenty three four. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So this has been a real comfort to you in difficult times, knowing that God's been with you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today for Bigger Questions. Oh, it's been great to hear something me. of your journey. Very you deep. Of your journey. <laughs> Final question as we finish up. So, Dami, how can we sing when it hurts? I guess just... Understand that it, it it does hurt sometimes and that's part of being alive. <laughs> that's right, yeah. Yeah, you just got to, sometimes you got to be vulnerable and you sing. You, you let, well, for me, I, I sing and, and people listen and they feel comforted because they're not alone. Mm-hmm. And for you, having God with you is a comfort as well. Absolutely. Mm. Let me leave you with some of the Bible's answer to this big question. How can we sing when it hurts? From Psalm 69, I have come into the deep waters, the floods engulf me. And also from Psalm 23, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I look forward to you joining us next time for Bigger Questions. Thanks very much to our guest today, Dami Im. Thank you. Enjoy Bigger Questions? You can help us keep asking them for as little as $1 a podcast. Support the show. 
go to patreon.com slash bigger questions.